0: Super dope! Happy Wednesday! It's Wednesday morning. It's just before eleven a.m. I said I was gonna try to get podcasts out on Wednesdays, and so here I am. Woo! However, I'm double dipping a little bit today, so I've been beating the dead horse on listening to Supaidaman, and uh, yeah, you're gonna be hearing episode six of Supaidaman just a little bit. It's me and Feds. It's uh, one of the longer ones that we've done, but. Uh, you know, coming from experience uh, as the person who just finished editing this, uh, I think it's the funniest one we've done. So you'll hear that in just a minute. Just a few housekeeping items for you, the general super dope listener uh, who may not be here for Man. A couple of uh, announcements, reminders, things like that. So um, some may be wondering. Uh, some may have heard Jimmy's having a baby with Sam. And we had the gender reveal the other day. And we're having a boy. I say we because I'm very much going to be, um, I don't know, commandeering this kid occasionally, trying to get him to name it something cool. That's not Anakin. Swear to God, if you name that kid Anakin, Jimmy, I'm going to beat the shit out of you for the rest of your life. However, I love you and congratulations to you and Sam. Um, Actually, Jimmy uh, makes a couple of appearances in regards to Spider-Man 6. Uh, we do watch alongs for each of these episodes that you can see on our Patreon page if you want to go check them out. But when me and feds did this one, it didn't record for some reason. So me and Jimmy on the third actually did the watch along together for Spider-Man 6 to like make it up. And uh, that's a fun one to watch him react to Japanese spider mans good. But also um, he makes an appearance in the latter part of this episode, sort of uh, via a story about maybe a time he, he tried to stab me. So that's going to be fun. For you, maybe. Also, a couple of announcements for Dragon Ball stuff. This coming Sunday night, July the 19th, we're doing another YouTube live stream with Anthony Grimulia from CBR.com. We're going to be talking about Dragon Ball Super Vegeta versus Dragon Ball GT Vegeta. GTita. Is that what I'm calling them? GTita. It sounded better when I wrote it out on the page GT ETA. GTita. G-tita. It doesn't sound as good when you say it out loud. Ugh. Negative one point for Jatita. So we'll be doing that. I think we're going to aim for about 9 p.m. to start Eastern Standard. Um, be on the lookout for a link to that in the show notes. Um, yeah, if you don't subscribe to us on YouTube, you should. We're trying to do that stuff more often. Uh, additionally, um, manga chapters, not even chapters, not even fucking panels, sketches, <sighs> fucking sketches of manga pan- panels. Uh, leaked out, I think it was the 12th this month. So a full seven, eight days before the chapter drops, a sketch of a panel comes out and we know more or less what's going to happen. It's so fucking annoying to have to have everyone else's uh reaction to that panel, seeing it first, be my first um my first opportunity to take in parts of the story it's the most annoying fucking thing in the goddamn world to no end to no fucking end and this month it came a a week earlier than it typically does so that's all a long way to get to me and leonard are going to be doing a live stream in a couple of weeks on manga chapter what is it 62 63 i i 60 whatever the fuck yeah. I already had it ruined for me so me and Leonard will do a live stream on that um, I believe we're going to aim to sh- to do that around the 24th or the 25th um, I'll get back to you guys with more information on that but be sure to check in on the live stream GT Vegito versus Super Vegito which is the better character and why with me and Anchor Mulia, this coming Sunday night at 9 uh, I think that's all the shit I have to plug um, blah 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 looking at my notes that's right notes Pens, papers, uh Patreon watch alongs are there. Patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. If you haven't listened to the other Spider-Mans and you like this one, quit walking around. Go listen to Spider Man Sundays. And uh even if you don't, if you've got the minute to just hop over there and give us a review on Apple Podcast, it's super helpful for other people to find the show and to help us grow. All right. Love you all. Hope you enjoy it. This is even if you've never watched Japanese Spider Man, just sit this one through. Um <laughs> this this one was funny man I had a good time with this one I'll talk to y'all soon hope you have a good Wednesday a good rest of your week and I'll see you on Sunday night for the live stream with Ant super dope Welcome into Superman Sundays. My name is Kyle. Thank you for checking this out. I am joined today by my brother, Feds. Feds, how are you, man?
1: What up, Kyle? How's it going?
0: You know, just doing the thing, man. Um, so uh, again, I'm not sure how much I want to timestamp this for future us, but we are recording tonight, episode six, on uh, June the 19th. Happy Juneteenth, y'all. Uh, We're going to be talking about the experimental lab of horrors, evil professor monster. He's an evil motherfucker. What I really love about the titles for uh, the Spider-Man is that it's indicative of a pattern that you grow to see in Dragon Ball. And it's what the Dragon Ball nerds refer to as like the two part title. It's like Super Vegeta ascends. He's about to whoop some ass. Like it's always two sentences, you know, front to back um, kind of gives you the broad definition or the broad overview of what's happening, and then a little bit more detail. The experimental lab before is that like piques your interest just enough, and then evil professor monster. Those two don't really work together that well, but I'd say that when you consider the two in tandem, they definitely pique your interest. Oh yeah. So, um, we're gonna talk about episode six today. If you did not check out episode five. A shame on you. B, you know that there is a recap coming. C, if you've made it all the way to episode six and you have not left us a review on Apple Podcasts, if that's where you listen to podcasts, or you know, if you just have an iPhone, I don't care if you use Apple Podcasts on the regular or not. If you have an iPhone, help us out. Uh rate review on Apple Podcasts helps other people find the show. But that was C. Um, I think the A or the number one one a, I think was you should listen to episode five and then two b or just b or two, but two I guess two b for going with consistency <laughs> and formatting that was you should listen to it i I forget what the what the process was, but here's a quick episode five recap. Episode five, Thundering Machine GP7, An Oath of Brotherhood. Basically, the Iron Cross Army has gotten into dealing illegal arms, including missiles. They're out in the middle of nowhere. They got trucks transporting these missiles. A young boy happens upon their random shack in the middle of the woods, where I suppose they store said missiles. Amazonas, my best girl, she don't like that, and she uh, basically sends a box truck to run the boy over. Spider-Man don't like that either, because, you know, whenever a young boy gets run over by a box truck, Spider-Man feels like he's not doing his job properly, and he takes something like that very personally. Spider-Man, never one to miss out on an opportunity to fuck up a box truck, is out on his motorcycle one day with his girlfriend, Hitomi, and when the box truck with the missiles drives by, he says, hey, Hitomi, beat feet, get off my motorcycle so I can go chase this thing. And he does. It's wild. The Putty Power Patrol busts out some assault rifles and causes his motorbike to explode. So he calls up the Spider Machine GP7 to pick him up. His car now has guns and he's gonna use his guns to chase these dudes down. Meanwhile, he finds out the boy who got run over by a box truck is now in the hospital. And although it seems like maybe he just got his leg run over by some miraculous stroke of luck, it seems that he's hemorrhaged a lot of blood and needs a blood transfusion. Takuyo says, hey, what's up? What kind of blood type you got? I'll help you out. Miraculously, it's a match. Takuyo donates his blood, but not before pausing to stop and reflect on the idea that when he got his spider extract from Garia of the planet Spider, he became Spider-Man. And he's worried that this young boy, who again was just recently run over by a box truck, will also be doomed to the fate of becoming Long and the short is, Tacoya gives him some blood, kid heals, does not become Spider-Man. He goes and blows up the place where the missile is. Spider-Man says, hey, what's up, little kid? I blew up that place and blew up that box truck. You're welcome. And the kid says, that's great. We're basically brothers now because you gave me blood. Can I come and live with you? And Spider-Man says, no. You were gonna go to the orphanage and make other orphan friends because I already have a little orphan brother at home whose dad died just a few weeks back. Don't lose, Spider-Man. Don't lose.
1: Don't lose.
0: So again, if you didn't listen to Spider-Man Episode 5, obviously there was a lot of things that I kind of had to gloss over in terms of details. Again, the box truck is a real, real dick in that last episode. So go check it out. He ran over some little kids. We don't like that. Um, Episode 6 today, we got a little bit more back. To the formula, but we also are introduced to an old friend of Takuya, uh, in the character of Yasuke. So, Yasuke's got a little bit of a complicated background. They do a, a decent enough job, uh, giving us some, uh, or, or fleshing it out when we do get into the episode. Um, I don't know Fed's uh, initial impressions of this episode without revealing too much. What, what'd you feel?
1: Uh, I thought it was cool that we actually get to see someone from his past. I mean, that was, I actually, I can't go that far. So (laughs) let's just let the recap do the talking.
0: All right. Word bird. but it was good. It's cool to see one of your friends show up from your past until you show up and realize that it's basically the same person that you knew 15 years ago. And you're like, Oh man, (laughs) nothing's changed. I'm not 16 anymore. Come on. The experimental lab of horrors, evil Professor Monster. We see three young men running through the woods being chased by a Jeep Wrangler of Death. On said Jeep Wrangler of Death is Professor Monster's right hand woman slash my best girl, Amazonist, and she is ordering the Putty Parrot Patrol to shoot their machine guns at these young men on the run. One of the men is shot. The other steps in an unfortunately placed bear trap. The third runs to the edge of a cliff where he has no choice but to jump into the far below water, which happens to look exactly like the Toei film logo. So this is all before the title card feds. Uh, Did they just throw you right in the middle of an action scene, which I'm always a fan of, but these are not characters that I have any particular uh, background with outside of... You know, hot, soon to be looking librarian, Amazonas. What did you think was going on when this episode opened up?
1: Uh, well, I mean, obviously, before you see Amazonas, I mean, it just looked like some guys were running away from like the army trying to gun them down and stuff like that. Looked like wartime, honestly.
0: Jeep Wrangler with assault rifles will do that to you. I feel. Yeah, yeah. I was under the impression that um, they were dashing and dining. From a restaurant that Amazonist has sealed, tucked away from her business with Professor Monster. It's like her own little side hustle. Like she's an independent business owner, and don't fucking think any less of her. If you do, you're wrong. Professor Monster is not pleased to learn that Yasuke Matsuki has escaped into the Toei logo. For he fears he will reveal the secret nature of his experiments on modified humans to make them soldiers. Junko shows up at Takuya's house looking for him. He asks her what's the matter, and she says he has come back. Yasuke. He had gone missing in a hiking accident eight months prior. Yasuke says the Iron Cross Army is now after him, now that he is back. Takuya is led up to Yasuke's hideout. He's in the closet. and He's relieved to see his old friend. They celebrate. For they thought Yasuke was dead. Yasuke tells the story of his climbing accident and how he awoke to the Iron Cross army who had rescued him to use him for their experiments. He is convinced that they're the motherfuckers who cut his rope with some throwing stars. He tells Takuya of Professor Monster's plan to use modified humans and turn them into soldiers, and how he will either kill them or let them live. Yasuke himself has died three different times and opens up his sexy button-down shirt (laughs) to reveal a plate of metal that is screwed into his solar plexus. Takuya thinks that is terrible. Real terrible. I guess if I'm on the run from the Iron Cross Army and Professor Monster and the Machine BEM Monster Robocular with his crazy scent abilities, I would probably go to some extremes to try to hide. I don't know if I think that hiding inside the closet of my apartment would like put me over the edge in terms of security like Yasuke seems to have done.
1: Yeah, that doesn't seem secure
0: enough for me either. If you have like... A dog sniffing moth coming after you? Where are you hiding? <laughs> I'm bury myself. Wait, a little like in straw? Dirt? Yeah, oh, man. Dude, no. You're not going to be able to breathe enough. That straw ain't enough for you. You're yeah, a big is. man. Yeah, it is. Nope. Funny. You think so? Sometimes it's I think funny. about things like that and and no. Nah, it's plenty. You know that, you know that song? Maybe I'll from, wear a
1: scuba mask
0: or something. You know that song? A snorkel.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know that song from Iron Maiden? It's like, nightmares forever calling me. It's off uh, peace of mind. Yeah. <laughs> nightmares. Yeah, I literally have nightmares about fucking being buried with just a straw to breathe out of. No, thank you. That's a terrible place oh. to hide. Beds.
1: The dogs would find you. It's terrible for you. Another one wouldn't. The, the dirt would mask
0: my scent no way Jose you want to know what I've been watching a lot of murder documentaries lately don't ask (laughs) why but I will tell you that murderers have this thing where they bury dead bodies and then they fucking kill a dog and bury a dead dog over the person like a couple of feet up so that way if a dog comes by to sniff it out yeah, but it, it, the
1: dog's going to smell a decaying body versus... They would smell a decaying body a lot easier than a
0: live one. They And then the cops go down and dig and they find a dead dog and they're like, oh, this dog just smelled a dead dog. Never mind, moving on.
1: Yeah, I get that. But I'm going to be alive.
0: So the Not dogs dead. won't even be able to get you, so... Yeah. All right. Well, I see that you thought this out way more than I have I don't know where I'd hide but wanna know what? what? wherever I do hide i would be fucking sneaky
1: <laughs> kinda of the point of hiding you'd be sneaky man
0: Takuya taking in all of this info gazes out the window to see that the Iron Cross army has tracked down Yasuke due to their use of their machine-bem monster, Robocular, to sniff him out. Takuya quickly thinks to switch jackets with Yasuke to throw off his trail and tells him to head to the old fort.
1: The old fort. The old
0: fort. We see a Putty Patrol dude speak Japanese into a walkie-talkie, thus confirming that these Putty pirate Patrol putzes can speak, blowing Yasuke's cover and then the chase ensues so maybe I'll cut out that first break but maybe I won't because maybe that first break was just an accident because I want to stop and ask you did you ever have a fort when you were a kid?
1: Yeah man, so when I lived at my parent with my parents when I was really young on Academy Avenue in Bristol um, we had a swing set and it had like one of those lookouts on top of it and I used to use that as a fort all the time it was dope,
0: different kind of fort, man. So like oh, I like
1: I, I think you're talking about like one in the woods. Yeah, yeah, I have one of those too.
0: So we had a few different things, right? Um, growing up, real young, living in Swansea in the middle of nowhere, we had a oh, couple yeah. of like rural, like big old rocks <laughs> that were like our um you know meet up spot, like quote unquote base fort or whatever and like you could build like a little fort out of there if you wanted to we kind of tried to when we were kids i had another one in the back of my grandfather's farm that was basically made out of like some pallets and some like i don't know shipping crates um when i was like seven or eight that was a fun one and then when i moved to rhode island Elijah, uh, the video consultant on this show, we'll call him. Um, Elijah had a dope tree fort, like double-decker, in his backyard. That's dope. We all helped work on together. So, I definitely had my fair share of forts. I don't think I ever approached the level of fort where I could confidently hide from an invading army. Never mind the Iron Cross army. That's uh, that's a death sentence waiting to happen. Takuya was really about to fuck up his friends, man. Sounds like Takuya was trying to get Yasuke back to the Iron Cross Army. Oh, yeah. This is a terrible plan. Really don't understand what was going through the boy's head when he thought about this. Spider-Man quickly disperses all of the Putty Parrot Patrol with creative uses of both a spider string and a spider net and meets Yasuke and Junko back at the old fort. They used to play hide and seek at this fort in the woods when they were kids, so it's obviously a safe place for them to hide as adults in their early 20s. Junko tends to Yasuke's injuries, and Takuya quickly gets the location of the Iron Cross Army's base at Cape Onika. Meanwhile, Spider-Man's girlfriend, Hitomi, is at work when her editor, who looks basically just like Amazonas on a job interview for a librarian position, pulls out an old story from last year about a grad student named Yasuke dying in a climbing accident. Editor lady got a picture in the mail of Yasuke and encourages Hitomi to investigate, as this could be a big scoop. Hitomi goes to hang out and take pictures around Takuya while he rides his sweet ass motorcycle while hoping that Yasuke will show up. Amazonas and her parrot putty patrol does the same and hang out right around the peripherals of the woods, watching and waiting. Takuya plays some baseball with his dumb kid brother and is made to look a fool. And Professor Monster and Amazonas are forced to reconcile with the idea that Takuya might not be the key to finding Yasuke and that he's just some idiot friend you ever had somebody like taking a close look at you and then you're like ah dude my dumb friends are about to make me look terrible (laughs) like i've definitely had my fair share of idiot friends
1: i've had some idiot friends but not like i was never like gonna. i was never like really embarrassed of them because they embarrassed themselves so
0: you and i have been friends long enough for you to definitely have an idiot friend story about me you got one to trot out exactly the, take oh, the moment man. to take the moment to realize that you're coming up short right now and fucking remember that history that you think you've got cuz
1: we're usually drunk when shit happens
0: <laughs> no i'm usually drunk when shit happens and you're usually driving bam 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 go feds oh my god all right fine i won't make you tell an embarrassing story about how much of an idiot friend i can be i will spare you the embarrassment of telling a terribly embarrassing story about me. However, this baseball scene in this uh, little sequence.
1: Oh man. Fantastic.
0: When we started exchanging and like brainstorming on the episode today and text earlier, you were like, man, that baseball scene got me. It did. And it's such a quick scene. I don't even know if it registered with me when I first watched the episode. (laughs) Like, Takuya is riding around on his motorbike. Amazon is just getting real impatient that uh, Yasuke hasn't shown up yet. And he's like, I see that bitch waiting in the woods. I'm going to play some baseball. Really test her patience. I'm going to make her watch my seven-year-old brother strike me out in slow-mo. Not once, not twice, but thrice.
1: Three times. The sombrero, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. He got the golden sombrero. And then get bonked on the head. By like a a pot fly, and get tagged out at second base by my dumb little brother who was just pitching ten seconds ago.
1: You get beamed in the head as the catcher too.
0: Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> Taco you.
1: You just suck at baseball, man.
0: Yeah, you, we all know you were a really accomplished motocross rider or whatever the fuck they called that in nineteen seventy-eight. To that. <laughs> Just do that. I get that you got a little brother to try to placate to because he's a little orphan and his dad died a few weeks ago and you're trying to do the right thing. But listen, bro, I'd rather you just not play baseball as opposed to you trying to do the right thing because that's how embarrassing your baseball game is. Jesus.
1: The whole pop fly thing reminded me of like, that Jose Canseco play. You ever seen
0: that? What drives me nuts. No, I I don't think I have. Go ahead.
1: All right. So what happened? It's a pop fly. Jose Canseco's playing right field. And he goes to catch the ball. He loses it in the light, and it hits him on the top of the head, and goes over the fence for a home run. And it's like one of the <laughs> funniest bloopers ever, dude.
0: Yeah, couldn't happen to a nicer guy.
1: Oh yeah, dude, he's a he's a fucking peach, that guy.
0: Spider Man would be like a really good middle infielder. I feel <laughs> <laughs> like he's well, prime time infielder. <laughs> Dude, a fucking hot shot right up the middle at second or fucking shortstop. He's got the reflexes to be able to do. it. he got the spider sense. Or if we're going by Superman Tucker, you got rules. He's got, like, psychic intuition as to which way the ball's going to break. I want him in middle infield for sure. Or if I can't have him there, center field for, like, those 400-plus-yard drives that are just clearing away, flying out. Yeah, Superpowers fucking... three. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. His range is unlimited.
0: So <laughs> bring that bitch in. He would be MVP Japanese superhero baseball league <laughs> 1978 through <laughs> I don't know. Takuya Yamashiro is 22, 23 years old in this. I'll guess that he would be a solid MVP candidate through his 23, 24 year age season through probably his 29, 30 year age season. So. Between 1978 and 1984, Takuya Yamashiro as Supaidaman, with also the benefit of Leopardon would be my baseball MVP pick every <laughs> single time for the All-Star game.
1: He just transforms into Leopardon every time he comes up to bat. It's a home run every time.
0: Or like if there's one where he can't catch that you know, crazy high <laughs> home run, he just... <laughs> Marvela change Leopardon and then Leopardon pops up and just knocks the bitch back down to the field and he catches it off the ricochet of Leopardon's chest. <laughs> like that's what I'm trying to see. All I'm trying to see. We definitely did a a baseball a superhero baseball draft in one of our early Super Dragon Ball Super Dope episodes. If you don't listen to Dragon Ball Super Dope and you've somehow stumbled onto this, uh, welcome. But also, you know, go check out Dragon Ball Super Dope. It's not just Dragon Ball most of the time. Uh we definitely did like a superhero baseball draft though. Um was it with you? I don't think no, it was. No, I wasn't there. Damn, dude. We did like I think it was I think the rule was all Marvel. I think we that was like the rule, but we needed to fill out an entire baseball roster. I I think we I think the rule was we needed to fill out an entire baseball roster. I think we even did start in pitchers. I can't remember who I did it with. Maybe sleeper? I don't know. Be on the lookout for it. If you don't listen to Super Dope, you should. Uh, Back at it. Back at the old fort, Yasuke is having nightmares and has a fever. Juko says she's got to get him help. But he won't leave. Because Takai said, don't leave. (laughs) (laughs) They show their lockets to each other. They are circle-shaped lockets. Within the lockets is a picture of the two of them together. Junko says she had dreams of Yasuke popping back into her life. And Yasuke admits that because of her, he was able to survive. So just a quick meow, pause, Spider-Man. Um, I, what was the impression you initially had of these two when you watched this? I
1: thought they were lovers at first because like, you know, they both had the lockets with the same exact picture in it, and yeah, that's something that—go ahead.
0: But once I pointed it out to you—
1: Yeah, that one made a little bit more sense, too, that they you, might be brother you noticed, and sister.
0: You noticed that they haven't said anything about love or being right, lovers. No,
1: no embracing or anything yeah, like that, yeah.
0: Nothing. They leave it real, real ambiguous. Well played, J-Pan. Well played. I wouldn't want to date a girl named Junko either. I'd be much more inclined (laughs) to let somebody believe she was just my sister. The next morning, Takuya is grabbing breakfast, and his sister suggests he bring some food to his friends at the old fort. Takuya says it's fine, and that the two of them are probably all they need together out there, thus implying that they're probably boning and not related. (laughs) Meanwhile... It's not fine, as Yasuke's fever worsens. Junko decides to try to make a run for it, to try to find a doctor for help. But the PPP fall out the tree, literally. And Amazonas is there to pressure Junko into revealing Yasuke's location. She claims not to know, but Amazonas counts to five to give her time to reveal his location. Just then, Yasuke emerges to bargain for her life. Amazonas insists it will be the both of them. But then, Amazonas says she will let her live on one condition. Just then, Takuya's powers activate, and he knows he's needed. He transforms into Spider-Man and calls up the Spider-Machine GP-7 and is spider-stringing his way to help immediately. Once he shows up, though, Yasuke attempts to knife Spider-Man in the goddamn back of the throat. It fails when Spidey dodges. Yasuke apologizes and says it was the only way. He is promptly shot by a PPP up in the tree, and Spidey does not like that. The spider-strings his ass back down to Earth, and a scuffle ensues. You ever had a friend try to stab you?
1: Can't say that I have, no.
0: (laughs) No, not even one time? Not even once. You've never been in a fight with a fucking friend so intense that they tried to stab you? No. (laughs) All right, better. All right, new question then. If you had to pick one friend, if you were to be in a fight so intensely with that they probably would stab you, who would it be? Brian M. Good call. And super dope listeners, if you don't know who Brian M is, You are definitely not a super dope, super dope fan because he's been on a couple of weirdo random episodes, but you think he'd be the guy to stab you, huh? He loses his temper very quickly when he's drunk. Um, he gets sometimes he yells, yells. I've never seen him get physical. I don't think when he's drunk.
1: Uh, yeah, he just says stupid shit.
0: And then what happens?
1: And then someone else gets physical, and then that in turn makes him physical. So, yeah.
0: I was going to say somebody then grabs him by the throat and puts him down on the kitchen floor.
1: That sounds like something you would do.
0: (laughs) So, that kind of leads me to what I was going to say. I would have bet money, you know, two minutes ago, that if uh, you had to pick one of your friends who was most likely to stab you in the middle of a fight, I would have thought you would have just gone me. You know, just out of, like, laziness in terms of the pick, you know, because I'm a little bit
1: crazy. I mean, you are, but you can just whip my ass anyways. You don't need no weapons.
0: Yeah, good point. Also, I don't want to stab nobody. That shit makes a mess. <laughs> you ever try to get blood out your floor?
1: No, can't say that I have.
0: Let me encourage you to never have to experience it yourself.
1: I've seen Breaking Bad, bro. I know how it goes.
0: Oh, <laughs> what is Breaking Bad? Some show. <laughs> oh, I was talking from... Definitely not my real life. Getting back to it.
1: Has anyone ever tried to stab you?
0: Of course somebody's tried to stab me, dude. I'm friends with Jimmy. You know, again, <laughs> if you are... If you don't listen to Dragon Ball Super Dope and you don't know who Jimmy is, I realize that, you know, this means not much to you, but if you want, you know, a better point of, of reference as to who he is, yeah, when we were kids, um, trying to think of... Oh, you know what? Yeah. it's I'll, I'll give you the, the super Cliff Notes version of it. So... Jimmy was going, it was the summer between 8th grade and ninth grade for me. Me, I was going into high school. Carlton had already been in high school for a year. And Jimmy was going from the 7th to the 8th grade. So me and Carlton were hanging out at the pool one day at his house. Jimmy came home from school shopping with some brand new clothes on him. And Carlton was a dickhead. And uh, pushed him into the pool with all of his new clothes on. And, uh, Jimmy as a 12, 13 year old boy had quite the temper. I definitely whooped his ass several times, but this was one of the times where I did not think the ass whooping was mine to give. So what ended up happening was he locked us out of the house cause we were again out in the pool and me and Carlton eventually had to break in through one of the windows of the house. Mm-hmm. We were downstairs trying to make our way upstairs and, uh, yeah, Carlton basically was just like, I'm not fucking trying to go up there. You're cool with him, Kyle. Go up there and try to talk him down. I'm like, all right, word. Yeah, I got you. And uh I took two steps. It's a it's a it's a raised ranch, you know. So it's um the basement, five or six steps up, a landing, and then five or six steps up to the second or you know, some people would say first level, whatever. I take two steps up that first strip of stairs. And immediately a butcher knife just goes flying by my fucking face. Not one, but two big, large butcher knives just go. And they bounced off of a coat rack into the corner of where the landing was. And then Jimmy sprinted out of the hall, and he locked himself in the bathroom for the next three hours. While I watched Return of the Jedi in the living room for three hours waiting for him to come out. Um... He thought I was Carlton. He wasn't trying to knife me specifically, but almost threw knives at me accidentally as I was trying to calm him down. So... That's interesting. Yeah. Again, I say to you, Feds, you don't have any friends who are willing to throw knives at your face? Nah, man. I mean, I'm kind of cheating on this experience, granted, because I basically intercepted an experience between two brothers who, you know, people that call my brothers for sure, but I don't share no blood with Jimmy and Carlton. Nah. That knife was meant from blood brother Jimmy to blood brother Carlton. Not to me, the fucking neighbor kid from up the street who was just trying to defuse the situation. But regardless, you know, if Yasuke tried to knife me and I was Spider-Man, I'd just whoop his ass. I would. Or I'd say, why don't you go lock yourself in the bathroom and watch *Training the Jedi (laughs) for three hours, you fucking dick. (laughs) Spidey promptly whoops all of the ass, and Amazonas retreats. Yasuke seems to be mortally wounded and he tries to ask Spider-Man with his dying breath if he is indeed ta taku, ta, ta. Yasuke passes out and Spider-Man vows to destroy the evil experimental lab as he leaves his friend's dead body and his mourning girlfriend in the middle of the woods. Spider-Man with some trickery and some jumps Infiltrates the laboratory. And he yells his best catchphrase, I am the emissary from hell, Spider-Man. And promptly commandeers a machine gun to shoot slash scare off all of the science nerds with.
1: And blows up the fucking lab in the process.
0: Mm-hmm. Spider-Man escapes to find a giant Robocular. Robocular is the machine bend monster from before who sniffed out Takuya in case you forgotten all the time we was talking. Yep. So I said it to you while we were watching it. If you want to check out the uh, live watch alongs, although I'm not sure if this one recorded, I think it did. Maybe it did. Uh, if you want to check out the live watch alongs and the riff tracks, go check out the Patreon page, Patreon.com/slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. But I said it while we were watching it. One of this is this is through the first six episodes, like the best. Two minutes of uh, a film and a stretch where he jumps in to this secret scientist (laughs) lab by crawling up a couple buildings, (laughs) jumping over a couple gaps in the building's roofs, gets in there, yells his catchphrase on the emissary from Hellstrikes I suppose, roughs up some putty parrot patrol fucks who are in lab coats, by the way. So, like, (laughs) you know that they're probably not the toughest among the putty parrot patrol nah and you cut away to see these putty parrot patrol motherfuckers with like beakers and doing science things or whatever they're like they got their barometric they got their stuff out and (laughs) and spider-man when you cut back to him he just says no 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 more science today and the name of science i say nay and he Tommy guns. Where would he get the Tommy gun? Where'd he get the machine gun? He machine guns all of these putty parrot patrol dudes who we soon learned thereafter that they all ducked and dodged, but just that visual of Supida Man saying, I am the emissary from hell, basically saying with his actions, fuck all of you nerds.
1: You're gonna and die And then
0: taking him and then taking a machine gun. To try to shoot them to death, is probably the greatest ninety seconds of this show to this point. What's your thoughts?
1: No, I agree with you on that, man. I mean, it it kind of encompasses like everything that this particular version of Spider Man is trying to be. He's he's the emissary from hell. He's here to fucking get his revenge for Planet Spider. So,
0: good point in terms of the revenge because earlier in the episode when Professor Monster is trying to track takuya and, and like try to figure out where yasuke is gonna show up he's like man this dude's just some idiot he don't want no revenge who gives a shit but <laughs> no spider-man wants revenge and he's got tommy guns about it spider-man escapes to find a giant size robocular that's the last thing i read in case you needed a point of reference for over in the story Spider-Man, overcome by the big old machine bent monster now presented before him, who didn't even give him the opportunity to watch him transform giant size, calls upon the Marveler. Marvola! He then prompts the Marveler to change into Leopardon. Leopardo. The to tries some shit, but he is no match for the Leopardon strings slash arc turn combo. At-time! The next step to the progression is called And it equates to an automatic win. Without fail. Professor Monster is not impressed despite his loss and says the Iron Cross army is invincible. Spider-Man isn't done, however. He flies the Marveler at full speed toward, I assume, the direction of Professor Monster while delivering the message, I'm going to fuck you up without fail. Pause, I just want to say the formula through the first five episodes has been the monster explodes, he drives his car into the sunset, the end. This is a nice change of pace yeah. for me personally. No, as you know me. I'm always like really apt to tell somebody to go fuck themselves <laughs> and like, you know, kick their buttholes wide open and things like that. To see Spider-Man blow up this robocular and then be like, I'm not driving away in the Spider-Machine GP7 yet. I'm going to go deliver some threats. Yeah. And he lets him know, I'm going to fuck you up without fail. Like, powerful. It's only like a five-second shot. Mm -hmm. But, man, are those five seconds, you can feel the anger of whoever that dude is in the Spider-Man suit and the genuine malice in his heart that that actor has toward Professor Monster, Amazonas, and the Iron Cross Army.
1: Yeah, man, I would I would feel that way, too, if they just killed my friend that I thought was dead and came back to life.
0: I'm just talking about the actor. I'm just talking about the actor, man. Fuck the context of the backstory. That actor did a great job selling it.
1: Oh, yeah, no, I agree with that, too.
0: I don't know who that actor was. I hope he's still working. If he's not, it better be because he's dead or too old and not because y'all blacklisted him for being too good at his job. Yeah. Takuya accompanies Junko back to the cliffs to throw her locket and flowers into the ocean slash Toei logo in Yasuke's memory. For he was a man who loved nature. But now, what do we have to fear given Professor Monster's experiments on humans to make them into an army of soldiers? Don't lose, Spider-Man. Don't lose.
1: Can I just point out on the notes, it says, don't fuck losing.
0: <laughs> don't lose, Spider-Man. Don't fuck losing. <laughs> oh man that one just uh that one just made it into the uh i think the public edit yeah i I do write some script things out i don't i'm not just this good off the top of my head with words on narration of these ridiculous episodes i do (laughs) i do write this out and i do have you know some shorthand that i use in specific parts of the scripts but uh you know don't lose spider-man is basically like the point where you're like all right good we're done with the recap but you know, I, I tried to spice it up with a Don't fucking lose, but I, I just put Don't fuck losing <laughs> Don't fuck losers So do what, what did we learn Today, Feds?
1: Uh You know We learned that Sometimes when you think your friends dead <laughs> They might not be They might just be Disappeared for a little bit
0: On the contrary you know, they might come back even better. Like they, they might could. come back with a with a cool metal plate in their chest. Yeah,
1: yeah. You know, some enhancements.
0: Yeah, like I was thinking it would be a great way to introduce Spider-Man's first amazing friends. Like we're not gonna get no Bobby Drake or Firestar, you know, Angelica Jones in this bitch. But mm-hmm. like, give me Yasuke Motsky, the dude who was pr- experimented on by Professor Monster, and now's got a metal plate in his yeah, chest man. and like. Let's call him Iron Chest
1: for all intents and purposes.
0: Yeah, we call him Iron Chest, and like once an episode, he pops in to just take a bullet to his iron chest to save Man. Yeah, and then that's it; he's gone. Perfect. He's off screen. He's not useful (laughs) beside that. Like, they missed a great opportunity on bringing back their dead friend from the dead. I don't know what the heck y'all thinking about Toei in 1978. Obviously, you should probably have hired me and Feds here in the year 2020. I'd also like to point out. You could always go back to the old fort (laughs) and nobody will find you ever. You can just go back there and hide there and be safe. Even if you're hiding from an evil intergalactic army like the Iron Cross army. Fuck, man. If you were hiding from the regular army, you'd be so safe. But like now that it's intergalactic level stuff, you're like escalating the risk level a bit. It's not as safe, but it's still pretty safe, bro. It's the old fort. Yeah, man. You could always go back there and no one will find you. Until your loud-ass girlfriend runs out to try to find a doctor for you. (laughs) Then, that intergalactic space army will find you, and they will kill your ass. Yeah, man. But not before they try to convince you to kill Spider-Man first. They'll kill you after that with a sniper in the tree. So, if you really want to get down to brass tacks, what we learned today was... Even when you think your skills are being utilized for the greater cause, whether that greater cause be killing Spider-Man or killing the Iron Cross Army, bro, you're just a cog, all right. You're not really great in the you're not really much in the grand scheme of things, okay? Mm-hmm. You need to realize this is just your role, and that this too shall pass, and that you know what tomorrow you're gonna wake up, you are know change your button-down shirt and you're gonna look at your frickin' little metal plate in your solar plexus? Are you gonna say, Yeah, man. I'm gonna go catch a bullet for Superman today. And
1: protect my friend.
0: That's my role. I know my role. I'm not the hero. But you know what? Maybe I'm a healer. Maybe I'm a tank. Maybe I'm a support character. I don't know what this euphemism just gone to but you know what i'm gonna wrap it up i want to thank everybody for listening to supply to man man yes, thank you thank you make sure you check it out or make sure you rate and subscribe apple podcasts helps other people find the show spotify wherever you listen uh, if you have other friends who are into spider-man marvel random japanese stuff uh power rangers corny nonsense um let them know about the show that's the best way in order for us to grow the show is to let your friends know about it so we appreciate you guys And um, uh, you can check out our main podcast, uh, Dragon Ball Super Dope. We put out an episode usually once, twice a week. uh, Talks about Dragon Ball, but also other nerdy nonsense as well. And uh, you can see our watch alongs to these Spider-Man episodes and a bunch of other uncut Super Dope stuff at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash Dragon Ball Super Dope. We super appreciate you checking this out and we will catch you again next time for spider